Yes. As we receive the gift of God, Pastor. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Help me appreciate our pastor, our papa, in the name of Jesus. If that is your papa, if that is your father, if that is your pastor, I would wish to see a better celebration. Help me celebrate mama when you celebrate people the same grace works for you help me celebrate mama in jesus name uh, thank you very much for coming in the service i want you to celebrate yourself for coming today in the service in jesus name help me celebrate my mama mom teresa and mom petronilla in the house in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, my name is Esther Sungu Imbai. Imbai is my husband. We were not able to come with him. He is a best guitarist in the church. And we bless the Lord for that. God has blessed us with two beautiful, brilliant children. And uh, when I was coming, they were on holiday because of the elections. And they said, I send Greetings to the church. Do you receive them? Amen. Amen. Uh, I come in uh, Cape Town through Mom uh, Teresa. She's my mama. We met in a conference in a city where I stay. She stays in Nairobi City, the capital city, but I stay in the, a, bit, a little bit away, six hours drive from the city. She was invited in a ministry to minister, and we connected spiritually, and the Lord has done many things uh, from that time until even this morning. And I bless the Lord for that. Uh, I want to thank God for the um, Pastor Peter and the family for the warm welcome. We are being fed in the house like toddlers. We are feeding every 20 minutes. And I don't know when we leave this place how we're going to be looking like. <laughs> but I'm sure, I hope we will be able to use the same clothes we've been using. Uh, we bless the Lord for that. And you have a lovely uh, servant of God, soaked with the word of God. The time I've been around, I've just been soaked in a lot of transformation in that house. Uh, it is not just a house, but for me, it's like an, an, a sanctuary, an altar of the Lord. And we thank God for that. I want to bless the name of the Lord for making me stand here. I don't take it for granted. And I know that um, my standing here is not to come and um, maybe bring a, a new revelation from somewhere, a new something from somewhere. But I'm standing here because the Lord has called me to be a display of his glory, to be a testimony to be a manifestation of what he's doing in my life through his word and through what he has called me to be to the body of Christ. And already I have interacted with the man of God who is our pastor here. And I've known that you have been taught the word of God and you are continuing even to grow in the same word of God. 
And this morning I'm here as a confirmation of the same word, that whatever the word of God says is true and amen. That God is faithful. I may lack words to summarize everything that I may say here, every testimony that I may give here. But in summary, I've come to testify of the faithfulness of God. I've come to be a display to the people of Cape Town, Western. Is it Western? Yes. I've come to declare of the faithfulness of God. And I want us this morning to go straight to his word in the book of Esther. My name is Esther, and I'm a testimony, and my life and Esther's life almost go together. And the book of Esther 4, uh, chapter 14, um, we will read and pray. I hope God will help me to have a language that will connect a language that is born again, our accent is a little bit different, but the Holy Spirit will guide us. Esther chapter 4, uh, 14, the Bible says, For if you remain silent at this time, uh, I begin with 12, let's begin from verse 12. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back to this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for a such time like this. Verse 15. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and I, may, and, I my, and my attendants will last as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I may perish. So Mordecai went away and carried all to Esther's instructions. Praise the Lord. I want us to share this morning concerning the assignment of God. Making relevance or giving relevance or giving meaning to your life through your assignment. Praise the Lord. Um, when God created man, Bible says in Genesis 1, uh, 26 and 28, about how he created us in his image. And because I'll read that, and then I'll just go straight uh, to the word. If we can go Genesis 26. Sorry, Genesis 1. Bible says, then God said, let us make mankind in our, our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female created them. 
And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over the every living creature that moves on the ground. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we bless your name this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this Sunday service. We thank you, my Father, because of the fellowship that we have come to have in, on your table, even as the body of Christ, Father. Lord, we thank you for this word that as you minister to us, that it shall cause healing and restoration in our hearts. We thank you. Shall your presence go with us this morning, even as we share your word. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. I want us to know this morning that the relevance of life is in our assignment. There is a reason why God created each and every one of us. And I want us to know that nobody was created for nothing. Nobody was designed and formed in the womb of your mother or your, your mother for nothing. Before even God, before even your mom and your dad, even if they are not there today, but somehow nobody was dropped from heaven. We were born. At some point, we were born by a mother. And before your mother was even told, I love you, by some man who is your father, there was an intention for you to be created. At times, people think they were born by default, but it was by the design of God. And when God designed you, he had something in his intention of creation. When, when, when the architect of this uh, podium created or designed and created it or designed it, he had an intention. If I use this podium as a fridge, it will not serve its purpose. If I use this um, screen, uh, maybe fold it and use it as a cooking stick, I will be abusing that screen. If I use, um, you know, something for, not for its purpose, then I'm not so all over what the creator intended, I will be abusing it. And so all of us were created. And so at some point, people feel, why was I created? Why was I born? Why was I born a black person? Why was I born a colored person? Why was I a, born a white person? Why am I a Kenyan? Why am I a, a South Africa? People ask questions. And sometimes even people question why they were born in certain families. But I'm here to tell us there is a divine purpose. Why God created you. And that gives relevance to your life. And we see the story of Esther. Esther, a young girl who, who was born as an orphan. She, she, she may uh, not have known that she has an assignment before she went into the royalty. And I like reading this book. She went into the royalty, and the Bible talks about how she was favored, and uh, Vashti was demoted. Uh, our, our sister was sharing that, uh, you know, about the book of Esther, and I was like, she's preaching my message. <laughs> Uh, in the, in, the, in the, the, the dinner that we had for the ladies, we had a powerful 
Uh, please, let's celebrate the women and the ladies for that day. Let's celebrate them without jealousy. It was great. And you know, it was a time when we were being taken to the king. So Esther goes to the royalty, to the palace. And I don't know, at that time, she didn't know her assignment. She just knew that, okay, she's a beautiful girl. She has had favor before the king. She is coming in the king. She has been favored to be the queen. And the other queen has been demoted. I was asking myself when I was reading this book, does it mean Vashti was not beautiful? No, Vashti was even very beautiful. But Esther comes in, most people uh, think that the reason why Esther was favored was because of his beauty. The reason why Esther went to the king was purely because of assignment. The assignment that God had predestined for her to come to the kingship. And you know, it is not because of anything. It is because God knew that he has created Esther in a way that he will conform, if that is the right English, he will conform to the purposes of God in that palace. Because God was looking towards delivering the people, the Jews. And the Bible records about Mordecai having issues with Haman. And Haman goes ahead having the wrath over Mordecai and up to the Jewish people, if you read the, the book of Esther. And it comes a time in chapter 4 where now Esther is in the kingship, is in the queenship. And Mordecai has heard about the decree that Haman has plotted against the, the Jewish people. And he sent somebody to talk to Esther, to tell Esther, you know what? You need to do something. Who knows at a, such a time like this why you are in the kingdom? The first time Mordecai told Esther, Esther was like, you know, you don't understand. You don't go to the king without appointment. If I go, and of course, most of the organs of government and administration always is some good for always somebody to have an appointment. So it was against the law. And that time it was so serious that if you went to see the king without an appointment, you will be, you will, in fact, you will be killed. And here is Esther who is being told, before she conceived that burden, she's being told, you know what? Go and do something concerning the Jews. She says, you know, it's against the rules and all that. And then this is chapter 4 where we've just read where Mordecai said, if you don't do anything, God will still get deliverance. Meaning, it, if you don't do your assignment, somebody else will be raised into your assignment. God is not respecter of man. Somebody's going to be raised for the same purpose, but you and your family, you and your family, you will perish. I want to submit to us that the relevance of our life, be it a child, be it a young person, a youth, be it an old person, be it my age, our relevance is only in our assignment. The beauty, the wealth, the resources that she was able to access was not having any meaning for her in that palace. Anything that she was you know, like imagining that, you know, being in a palace is not a lighter thing. 
And I'm imagining that even the king telling her that, what is troubling your heart? What is it that you are feeling? Even if it means you want a half of the kingdom, I'm going to give it to you. But you see, that was not the reason she came, to acquire you know, wealth. It was not for purposes of prominence. It was not for the kingdom. And I'm sure even the king would have said, even if you want to rule this, I will leave it to you to rule. But the reason she was in that time, in that palace, it was because of the assignment. Now, that is for the story of Esther. Now, when God created you and me, he created us with a, des a design, you know. He designed and formed us with some intention behind his mind. And that intention is the one that will give you relevance in life. We can never live up to a legacy if we don't live to our assignment. And this morning, I just want us to see four aspects. Maybe if the time will allow. But we'll touch makers. That time will allow, we'll have two or three. The aspects that make us, that we need to understand so as we may fulfill that assignment of God. Because God did not create us for nothing. Even when, that is why when we have, when, we, when people get babies, I celebrate them so much. Because I know there is an assignment that has been born. When Christ was being born, when Jesus was born, what was being fought was not baby Jesus. Was the assignment that he was carrying. Hallelujah. So, when God created you, he, he, it was not by default. Be it that you are raised with a single mom, be it that you are raised without parents, be it that you are raised whichever culture or tradition that you went through, it was by his design. And I want to give the church hope that the creation of God has no mistakes. Whether you feel at times you feel like, am I really beautiful? You are wonderfully and fearfully made. And you have an assignment. And that assignment makes God locate you and love you where you are. The first aspect that we need to understand is that our relevance is purely in fulfilling God's assignment. We may want to have relevance in our professions, which is good. I'm a manager by profession. I manage an organization for vulnerable children in Western Kenya. And I've been also working with another organization for women called Less and Fistula. And it is sponsored by WFF. WFF is Worldwide Fistula Foundation, if you can Google that. It's sponsoring that uh, small organization in our country for fistula women. But I resigned some one year ago, and right now I'm working with an organization with vulnerable children as a volunteer so that I may have time to do my assignment. And working is good, and it's good to execute what God has put in our hands to earn bread, to, to earn a living. But again, it's good for God to give us resources to get even a house, to get uh, monies on our accounts, to get all those things. It's important because we are still here. We are not spirits. We need to live on earth. 
But there is more than that. There is more than what we see. Uh, when I was growing up as a young girl, I, I grew up from a very humble background. We were not just poor, but people defined poverty by our family. And when I grew up and got saved at the age of around 13 in Form 1, um, I resolved in my heart that if there is one thing that I'm going to change in my family, is the poverty issue. And I didn't know that it's an assignment. I just knew that I, I was just feeling bad about it because I was very young in salvation, so I didn't know much about the Bible. And when somebody preached and I got saved, I started yearning for a change in my family. And my fa our firstborn uh, sister, uh, you know, she was not born again. The second born was not born again. The third born, the fourth born. I am the fifth born. And I said, business will not remain as usual on me. And even the siblings, we are many, we are nine. So the ones behind me, I said, all of them automatically must get saved. By fire, by force. And I resolved it. <laughs> and I said, if this is what you have just called me to get saved in high school, because in Kenya, we have, we normally, mostly we have boarding schools. So I was in a boarding girls' school. So anytime we go home, I call my friends and we could rabashanda and pray and pray and pray and pray. And my parents were in church of God, it's a religious, so they were not understanding. And you know what? We were sleeping on um, banana fibers, you know. We didn't have what even a blanket. We knew it later on when I was just in high school. It was defined, my family was defined by poverty. I want to submit to us this morning that every family, God has designated somebody as a game changer. Whichever family you come from, God has designated you there for a purpose. You are not born there by mistake. You have been born there for an assignment. And so when I uh, cut the long story short, I have a lot of stories on my background but as God kept on, you know, increasing me in the knowledge and in the wisdom of God, just like Jesus Christ, <laughs> the Bible says in uh, Luke 2, 52, that and Jesus grew in the stature, in the wisdom, and in the favor with God and man. And as the Lord made me grow, he helped me to understand that I have an assignment in that family. And of course, I grew up, I got a job, God started working miracles I changed and the, the rest of the people in my generation who are following me behind, all of them got saved. My parents got saved. My father was a drunkard. You know, in the village, he was the one known for hunting, going to the forest and hunting dogs and sailing so that we can go to school. Today, um, three years ago, Five years ago, I built them a permanent house in the village. I'm planning to take them for a treat so that I can put him on a plane and just take him somewhere to have fun. He is 82, 83 years old. There is always a purpose for you to get saved. Your life is purpose that you are born in wherever you are born. The relevance of your life is purely in your assignment. 
for you to make any impact in life, you have to discover which assignment God designated you or why he created you. He may have created you, yes, just to be born in a certain community, but you may not be knowing. Today, uh, we used to preach when we were in high school in my village, and people used to say, these are girls, give them two months, three months, they'll backslide. They'll get babies, and they will be nothing. And it was the order of the day in my village that girls never used to learn, study, and go to university and do all those. But because of salvation, three of us made a difference. Because of salvation, we changed the game. In my community today, when I leave this place, I will be uh, going to minister in my own village where I'm born. And when I go there because of what I've done in my family, people respect God. People say our girls must serve the God of Esther. Not this Esther in this Bible, this Esther. So God has made me as a living testimony. He designated me to be, that is why I'm a proud Kenyan, a proud Luya, the second largest community in population. I don't want to be a Muzungu. I want to be a Luya girl who can change that community. So I know God has put me there with an assignment. Hallelujah. God designated Esther, this Esther here, the, the, the Jewish girl, in the palace for an assignment. Vashti would have done it. But I'm told Vashti, when he was told to conform to what the king wanted, he wanted some dance and what? And Vashti refused. She was demoted. Don't refuse the assignment of God, lest you be removed. Because God has a reason why you are born in that family. God has a reason. We are living in times when our extended families are going through a lot of things. They are going through addiction. They are going through uh, a lot of... I went to preach last two weeks in a high school, in a boarding school. It's called Lugulu Girls. And children are going through a lot of things. They tell you, you know what? They disclosed to me because I was the speaker. And after preaching and uh, they are lining up, we were praying with them. Go, they were going through deliverance and all that. Girls are going through lesbianism, things they have never had in their villages. Said, I don't know how it happened. This girl came to me and we started, you know, cohabiting. And this is what is happening. Girls are going through um, very funny things, occultism things that they don't understand. And they have been addicted to those things and they start behaving in a weird way. Why? Because family, people are in families are in different backgrounds and they are doing many things which influence our children. We need to arise to the occasion so that we are the midwives of those families. I want to talk to women. God is calling us to midwife people into his destiny. God has not just called us to feel good with ourselves, to be blessed. I thank God for God. I have a long story. If I was teaching economic empowerment, it's my area. I would share with you about how God has raised me from grass to grace through the businesses that God has been giving me as I do. And then I arose because that is, I believe that is my assignment. I arose to start teaching the church on economic empowerment. 
because the church has taught the word of God without that aspect. And people in Kenya say, as poor as a church mouse. It is not true. The church is the one that has resources because silver and gold belongs to our father. Amen. And so that is the area I feel God has called me. But what I'm talking this morning is about the assignment. The assignment of God has nothing to do with acquiring and making us feel good. Yes, we need to feel good. But there is more than just feeling good. We have to use those resources for a very specific thing called assignment. There is this man called David. When you read Acts 13, 36. Bible says, and David, after he served God in his generation, he rested. Can we all read that? And David, after he had served God in his generation, he rested. Meaning he could not rest before serving God, before his assignment. And that is why David keeps on saying that, you know what? I will not die. I will live to declare the purposes of God. The, David had many enemies. He had all the opportunities that he would be ensnared. In Psalms 124, he says, if it were not because of the Lord, our enemies would have swallowed us alive. But blessed be the name of the Lord who has led us to escape, that we have escaped like a bird in the fowler's snare. Why? Because God was preserving him for an assignment. Your assignment will preserve you. You can only be preserved to live long or you can only be relevant to live long based on your response to your assignment. Because again, what is the benefit of leaving this world without fulfilling God's assignment? So we need to understand, number one, that our relevance is purely in God's assignment. Are we together? If somebody is together with me, it helps us to... The second thing we need to understand is that assignment helps us to choose the right battles. At times, when God created us and you got saved and you are there, you can start fighting every battle you find. You can start being confused in the work of salvation. But when you know what your assignment is, you will know who is your enemy and who is somebody just to ignore. Because when, when Esther was in the palace, he knew that his battle is with Haman. He deals with Haman, deliverance is found. And so he chose, she chose her battle right. God gave her the understanding of why she is in the kingdom at a such a, as that time. She responded to the call and now she started being focused on which battles she's fighting. The Lord will reveal to you the battles based on how you respond to his assignment. He will, you will be aligned to know what you need to focus and what you need to, to, to jump over and just focus on your assignment. There is a young man in the Bible called Joseph. He is called, you know... His, God starts showing him his assignment, his purpose of being a great man, of saving the entire nation. And she shares this information with the wrong people. 
and she comes and he, he is sold to the land in Potiphar's house. He, he, he founds him there as a slave. And you know, if, me, if it was me, maybe I always imagine I would start dealing with Potiphar. But Joseph, when we read the story of Joseph, she, he makes himself very strategic. He is, when he's given assignment in the kitchen, that he does it very well. When he's given anything to do, he does it very well. Now, the wife of Potiphar finds no evil in this man. He strategizes something to bring down Joseph. But the Bible says Joseph escaped because that was not why he came in that house. We see the story, he goes in, into the prison. And when he goes in the prison, he doesn't start fighting with the prisoners and looking at who will make him out. He focuses on interpre interpreting the dreams. And through that interpretation of dreams, Joseph is promoted to his great assignment. Praise the Lord. When you know what God has called you to do, do it at your best. Because when you do it at your best, the deliverance is at the door. When you know that you have called as an intercessor, focus on that prayer. Let your battleground be prayer. Because God is using the same assignment to deliver your family. You will not go on fighting with people. You know, sometimes I tell people in church when I'm leading prayer, many times we Kenyans, we are, we, 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 when you Go to church like right now, people are praying for Russia. People are praying for Ukraine. People are praying. And sometimes I tell them, before you even think about the fighting between Russia and Ukraine, think about the fight you have with your brother. Praise Lord. <laughs> think about that unforgiveness spirit that you have over your family members. Think because there are still battles, and maybe God called you for your family, but you are, you've never been to Ukraine, you've never been to Russia, you've never been to Israel. But our culture as Kenyans is like, we can spend hours, which is not, it, I'm not saying it's bad to pray for another country, but I'm saying when you know your assignment, you will know what God has called you to do. And when you focus on that, you will, you will receive impact. Assignment will help us to choose our battles right. And when we die in the assignment, we give life. Esther said, let me go to the king after the prayer. If I perish, I will perish. She already died. People who make impact in the assignments die to it. I don't know whether we can understand that. You die, you sell, you are, they are sold out to it. It is like it is this one and no any other option. It is just this one. For me to, to, to be fulfilled in life, it is this one. When the conception of the burden of your assignment is clear with your mind and you conceive the burden, nothing will stop you. So you will choose what is right because you understand the battle. Daniel 1.8, the Bible talks about Daniel, a young man. Maybe you are saying, I'm here, I'm young, 
I may not know my calling and my assignment in my family. I am still young. You may say, okay, in this generation, there are so many things. It is not easy for me to live a pure life, to stand for Christ. The Bible says, Daniel resolved in his mind not to defile himself. And because he was counted righteous, the Lord worked with him, and he was lifted to a place of prominence. Your promotion is purely based on your assignment. If you focus on your assignment and not give up and not compromise, you will surely be lifted from one glory to another. I purposed in my heart when uh, I got saved, I come from a polygamous um, history or genealogy. My paternal side, my grandfather had six wives and my mother rampant in our lives, in our family. And there, is no, there was no wedding at all, at all, at all. And I said, this God of Daniel, I purpose in my heart, I shall not defile myself with immorality until there is a wedding for my life as an example and to cut that cycle of polygamy. My, my angles are 27 in my paternal side. My wedding was the first wedding, the year 2000. And from that time, there was like open heavens. Weddings began to come and people began to wed in church. Young people, Children, at the age of 13, 14, you know, girls would just get pregnant. Even sometimes they don't know who gave them the pregnancy. But I cut that cycle by the grace of God, and I said, I'm, go I'm going to be the first testimony so that the rest of my siblings and the rest of my cousins can follow suit. And, you know, that is an assignment. You can purpose in your heart that for this one, you need to have your irreducible minimum. You need to have something that you say, because I am born again, this one is going to be done by me, and I will not relent until it is done in the name of Jesus. The third thing that we need to understand that the relevance of life is measured by the impact. It is not measured by how many I was from a poor family. I married a man for 10 years. He was not working. I was working. But when God started transforming our lives through what Pastor has just told us, giving, you know, sowing a seed, and the Lord has graced me just to give so that I may deal with the spirit of poverty. People think that being given is good. But let me tell you, being given is, is just good. But it is better to be the giver. Because when you are the giver, God deals with some battles that you have in your background. And that is why I say when you know your assignment, you will choose your battles right. I knew giving must be done because my forefathers were never giving to this altar. They were giving to other altars. So I have to give a better sacrifice so that I may be helped by the altar of God. And so, when uh, I wanted to make impact in life, I knew I need resources. 
And I knew that for transformation to come for me to be a display, I need resources. And I started giving, giving, and started, God began to give us business ideas. When I built my mama, God gave me a business idea of supplying, record, um, supplying materials in the church. Please, when there, it's time, you just wave at me. Um, when I started supplying in the county, I got favor with the county treasurer who was a born-again mama. And through that, God helped me to get uh, a good business that would give my parents a better home. And even uh, when I wanted God to change my life, I told you I was working. But working would not make us to live what I really wanted God to do in my life. I wanted to own a house. And God gave us an idea. And I started buying small land when I, in my rural area. And God gave me the idea of planting eucalyptus tree. I don't know whether it's in South Africa. And when I planted the eucalyptus tree for the first time to touch a million, was through selling that land plus the eucalyptus tree. <laughs> that is how I had a Kenyan shilling million in my hands. And I continued and continued. We have a nine... Wash, nine washrooms in my house. If you are not jealousy, you would appreciate the Lord with a clap. <laughs> and that is not impact at all in my life. That is not impact. I wanted to bring that out. That owning that house does not create any impact for me. My assignment creates impact. What we have may not be the one that God will use to have impact. We can only make impact based on the assignment. Now, that house hosts ministers of the gospel. I've hosted uh, a minister from U Uganda uh, who is uh, in Kenya House of, in African House of Prayer. He came in the city, and the, the city pastors were looking where that minister will be hosted. I was the one hosting that. Now, that is assignment. That is impact. So, relevance of life can only be measured by the impact based on your response, your response to the assignment. We can only have three ways of making impact in our lives. One is by participation. Another one is by what contribution. And another one is by influence. We can participate in the things of God in the house of God. We are making impact. We can contribute to be part of what God is doing. We are making impact. And God can make us to be an influence to others so that we can make an impact. Before I moved to my current church, God gave me a way of participating in that church. And because I come from poverty, I always hate poverty, I decided that I will sell one of the lands so that I participate in the building of the church. And when I was in the committee, this young girl here was not the best in the one who is earning well. There were doctors, there were lecturers, there were all that. You pledge the treasurer. And God gave me an idea. I said, you know what? You pledge half a million by faith. And I did that. And when my husband came, he was now having a job in Sudan. And he came, I said, 
I'm sorry, I have pledged without consulting <laughs> half a million. And he was like, we don't have anything on the account, you know. There was nothing. But I said, you know what? I am the treasurer. I have to lead from in front, not behind. If you are here, you are a treasurer. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God may give you grace. Uh, so when I pledged that, it looked like we had tried to sell a piece of land for three years, but nobody was buying. That time that I pledged, the following week, a pastor friend called and said, somebody has come to give us this amount of money. Will you accept? Told my husband, now already a buyer has been found. He said, no problem, go ahead. So we sold that land, and I got the half a million to pay. To pay. When I did the bank slip and sent on the WhatsApp, everybody was like, Esther, Esther, of all the people, Esther, you know, of all the people, Esther, somebody came and said, now I'm going to take a loan of a, a million and give. If Esther can give this one, I, I'm going to give a million. Praise the name of the Lord. We can only make impact by our participation, by our contribution, and by the influence we have over other people. Six of them Together as a committee, we contributed $8 million. And we have a beautiful sanctuary. My husband came. He's an architect. He drew the, the plan. And in total, we contributed something like one point something to the church. Our land cannot make impact if it is not for the assignment. Yes, we will get resources. But it is more beautiful if we use them to the assignment of God. I'm looking for a time, brethren, when one time I will stand and say, I've bought land just alone for God. Because it doesn't, have, I, I used to be poor, so I used to admire and cry God to bless me so that maybe I will live a better life and get fulfilled. So the first time I got a plot, after one week, I was feeling like it's just a normal thing. I used to think by having a big house, you get fulfilled. But when I got the house, it, after one week, I was used to it. I used to think that when you are driving, you feel so good because I've, I fought for a very long time. But when I had my first car, second car, third, nowadays I don't even mind what I drive. <laughs> because fulfillment only comes in the assignment. These things of the world are blessings to make us happy. But the fulfillment only comes when we fulfill the assignment of God. If God is graced you with resources, the happiness of that resource is when you make impact with it in the house of God. I'm looking forward, you know, and God will give us strategies. For Esther to deliver the children of Israel, she needed a strategy. She needed a divine strategy. And all the fathers of faith, according to Hebrews 11, everyone had an assignment. But let me tell you, God in this generation is giving us unique strategies. We have a situation where sometimes people want to celebrate their birthday, their wedding anniversary. By the way, my anniversary was 5th August, so I didn't know whether to come here or... I thought the chocolates will be few. <laughs> so
So um, in Kenya, we, there is a lot of people, uh, let me not use the word misbehaving. People are, Mama, you can attest to me that now people know how to celebrate. You know, we were very much behind. And right now, the Kenyans are really coming up. So you can find somebody goes, going into a, an expensive hotel. And you know when we, we can, you know the way Nigerians behave? The way, we, <laughs> the way you can be so flashy, you know, you buy a dress of 20,000, you do this, you do this. So it was my anniversary coupled with our, my birthday for my husband. So I said, God, give me a strategy to make impact in your house. And my pastor is a witness. And so that was last year. So I said, I'm not going to... The, the people were saying, are you going to call us for a cake? That cake will, will cut with a big knife because you people are turning uh, 20. I got married the year 2000, so 21. We were turning 21. So... Uh, they started preparing, like, which hotel are we going to go? So I said, I'm not going to celebrate in a hotel. And it, I kept it a secret. I told pastor, I want you to help me to tell people that it's our anniversary, but they will give us a gift, and we give it for the building of the church. So the money that I would have booked the hotel, the money that I would have bought my kids' dresses and all that, I dedicated everything and I was calculating. It is like $8,000. I don't know what that is in, yeah. I don't know what that is in, uh, in Southern, in Rands. $8,000, US dollars. Yeah, like almost 800,000 Kenya shillings. Maybe here is little money. But in our country, that is money that can buy a plot. I dedicated that for the glory of God. And you know what? We, our love is still intact. It does not mean that we didn't celebrate our anniversary and therefore I'm um, as a family. I'm a less woman. No, he's a less man. No, we are still intact as a family. 128,000 rands. Give the Lord a hand clap for that. And lastly, I want to say that our legacy is our assignment. Friends, if we have to leave a legacy on the earth, it's not in what we own. It is what we are doing in the house. I'm sure today if I slept, the Bible says, and David, after he had served God in his generation, he rested. Now, the, 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 in, the, in the Hebrews 11, the fathers of faith, we know there are some who are very wealthy, but the Bible does not record about their wealth. The Bible records about the acts of faith. The acts of faith that they did was the assignment. Now, we will be counted or our legacy that we are living when we go. It is all about the assignment. It is a time that we need to discover where has God called us to serve. What is it? And I always say that it is good to always narrow down to it. Don't be all over. Narrow down to it so that you perfect in it, so that you do it so well. The Bible says a man's gift creates room for him even to sit in with kings. Because when you do it so well as you are gifting with passion, 
with a lot of diligence, with commitment, with dying for it, then that will leave a legacy. That will be something if they were to write another Bible, they will write, Pastor Peter was like this, 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 this. He taught about faith. He was a man of faith. Why? His assignment is the one that will be a history. Do you want to make history in life? Discover your assignment. And do it so well that the world will look for you. What do, we, what do you have that when we, we want, we look for you? I almost talked my, my vernacular. <laughs> what is it that you have that the world can look for that is in you? If you are a business person and you feel that is your area of assignment, do it in an extraordinary way. So that when we, the world will be looking for somebody to turn around the tables, it will be you. Sometimes we give up and say it is, over. It is not over with us. It is still, there is still something God wants to do with you. At times when the things I'm testifying, some of them have taken a long time. Getting saved at 13 years, building a house for my parents at the age of 40. It is a long time. But the negotiating power on our knees should not get tired. Keep on negotiating for that assignment. Negotiate with God until he says, like the woman in Luke 18, who, says the, who was pleading the king to give, him, to give her a plea. And, you know, this king said, because this woman is disturbing me, although I don't fear God, let me grant the plea so that she does not disturb me. That is a story to give us a lesson that we can persist for our assignments and they will surely come to pass. Let us not give up on our families. Let us not give up on our friends. Let us not give up on the things that God wants us to do. There are things God has laid in your heart. For sure, I'm here to testify that God is faithful. He is faithful to bring those things to accomplishment. He is faithful to use you to accomplish them. The Bible says, better a living dog than a dead lion. As long as you are still breathing, don't give up. As long as you still have some breath, don't give up. Don't shut your head because greater things he is planning and he is doing for us. In the mighty name of Jesus. There are people here, you are being prepared. This is just but a preparation ground. It may take time, be diligent to learn because you don't know where God is going to take you. There are people here, maybe this not will, not, will not be your city, but this time God wants you to be here 10 years, 20 years, just preparing you. Who knew that this village girl will talk English? Who knew that this village girl can sleep on a doctor mattress? Who knew that this village girl can stand in Cape Town, surely? And share the word of God. There are people, don't shut your dream. Your dream and the assignment God has given you, it will surely come to pass. God is a faithful God. I have tested of him and I have seen his faithfulness. The Bible says that for this reason, the son of man was made man faith. That he may destroy the works of the enemy. That was one assignment he came for. 
he narrowed down to it. And you know what? We are heirs, we are partakers, we are co-workers with him. We are, we are brothers of him. By this covenant, we have been made heirs. And therefore, we also share the same assignment. So we will not relent. We will continue pursuing him because he has made us to covenant with Christ as heirs. We, the Bible says for those who received him, he gave him power to become sons. And as a son, your father is there. We will not be like orphans. We are going to propagate this gospel until the world receives it. We will not relent. I want us to pray this morning. And I don't know. Me, I was repairing what God has called you to repair. Maybe for me, I was repairing my broken walls of my family. Nehemiah was called to rebuild the walls of, uh, the, the walls of Je Jerusalem. And I don't know for us, for you, what God has called you to repair. He may have called you to repair your friends. He may have called you to repair your children. He may have called you to repair members of the church. He has called you for a repairing work. Don't relent. Come to the assignment. He says he loves you. He has located you. He told Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I separated you. That is why you got saved. And I appointed you to be a prophet. There is an appointment you have with God on that assignment. I pray this morning that may that appointment come to pass. May that thing that God has called you to do, I want us to stand on our feet. May that thing that God has called you to do prevail in Jesus' name. I don't know, I'm gonna, I, I'll give pastor to just pray for us. I don't know what God has called you to, to, to do, but I just want us, I want you as pastor prays to reflect on uh, your assignment. So that as he prays for us this morning, we may be activated in that grace in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have to repent. Yes, I have to repent. Because... Um, I did not give her enough time. I gave her too little time. You know the Kenyans can preach for three hours nonstop. In my country, 30 minutes is enough, you know? Uh, but I pray that the Lord have spoken to us all here today uh, in the time. Uh, do I invite uh, Pastor what is she, Archbishop, or are you, what are you, a, a doctor, or you, Esther. Esther, okay, so, Prophet Esther, okay, Prophet Esther, um, do I invite her back to the church again, yeah. oh my goodness, oh Lord, I think we have to repent as a church that we did not fill the place uh, to receive such powerful uh, presentation here this morning. Let us pray together. Uh, I feel tempted to preach here, but, um, you know, uh, some people have, are looking at me very squintly, and uh, thank you for looking at me so squintly, you know, and strictly, yes, 
There's a strictness about your peer 